0: How would you like to win $10,000 to help grow your rental property business? If you're interested, learn more about the hashtag America's Best Landlord Contest hosted by our sponsor, Steadily. More to come on that later. It's Bernadette Joy, and I am super pumped to be back because in this season, we are going to talk about FIRE, financial independence, relax every day. And I'm gonna share with you my personal tips on how AJ and I reached early retirement in our 30s. And I'm going to bring in some special guests who are gonna drop some serious knowledge on how you can speed up your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to season four of my podcast, Crush Your Money Goals. Welcome back, y'all. It's Bernadette Joy. And today I'm talking about a topic that is particularly hard for me, but I think it's a really important conversation to have. And it's about our parents and money. And I will be completely transparent. I used to resent my parents for all of the money lessons that they never taught me. They never told me how to save or invest. They didn't warn me about student loans or credit cards and their idea of success. And maybe some of you can relate was a big house, name brand clothes, a nice job, and a nice car. And no wonder I ended up in $300,000 of debt, right? Now the hard part is one of them is gone. My father passed away last year. And as I look around at my life, a debt-free millionaire in my 30s, a thriving online business, a paid-off home, a happy marriage, I realize that they were just trying to do their best and that they taught me more than I ever knew And I wish I could have told them that sooner. So the theme of this podcast is all of the mistakes that I've made and how I still became a millionaire. And most of what I've shared are the mistakes that I've made and what I've learned from being wrong versus what I did right. And I hope that in sharing some of my experiences as a first-generation Filipina, uh, that I really hope that for those of you who are really struggling with how to not only take care of yourselves, but of your Uh, kids and maybe like me, your older generation parents, that you might learn some things that you can put into your own family practices that I now learned kind of the hard way. So let's go. I will tell you this. For too long, I resented that my parents did not teach me about money. And I typically start my money classes by asking students, what's holding you back from crushing your money goals? And the most popular answer that I get is nobody taught me. And for the first decade of my life, I was guilty of that same response. There was no financial literacy education in my household growing up, and my parents immigrated from the Philippines to the U.S. with the American dream in mind. But as my mother would remind me, I was raised in a different culture than she was, and those cultural differences meant that she was not in a position to teach me about how money works in America. But for all the things that my parents didn't teach me, there were things that I did not give them enough credit for. One thing I learned at my dad's funeral, actually, was that he paid for his younger brother's college tuition, who subsequently paid for the next sibling until all nine siblings graduated from college. And my father worked his way up from being an accountant to an executive while my mom became a bookkeeper at a law firm. My mother-in-law recently retired from over 30 years as a traveling physical therapist, and my father-in-law graduated from nursing school in the U.S. after building a first career in accounting. All this only a few decades after there were signs in the U.S. that literally said, no Filipinos allowed. So when my father passed away this time last year, and only in those few months did I actually realize that resenting my parents for their lack of financial literacy was not something that I could continue to carry on as an excuse. Both my parents and my husband's parents made incredible money moves that I seriously doubt I would have been able to make in the same situation. I don't know that if I was living in rural areas of a developing nation that I would have been able to build careers and homes and families in a foreign country the same way that they did. And it only occurred to me now that they couldn't teach me financial literacy because they were just busy trying to make ends meet. And for a lot of our parents, we have to step back and realize sometimes, yeah, they didn't teach us certain things, but you know what? They were doing the best they could with what they knew. So when I finally started to teach myself about money, I didn't know how to talk to my family about it. Whether it's a new restaurant or the most recent Korean drama I watch, whenever I find something that I love, I am super eager to recommend it to my friends and family, And that's how I felt when I saw my student debt number dropping from over $70,000 to under $30,000 in just a few months. And after learning how to focus on my money goals and to budget effectively, it really became a game changer for my husband, AJ, and me. I felt like I could finally see the light on the horizon. And I started picturing what our life would look like without debt. And it felt amazing. And so I obviously thought, well, if it's great for us, then it should be automatically as awesome for my parents and for AJ's parents and for our siblings and our close friends. Wouldn't it be so cool if we were all debt-free? Imagine the awesome vacations we could go on together. Imagine how much less stress we could all feel. What if we just had all the free time to spend with each other instead of worrying about money? But I learned the hard way that money conversations aren't always welcomed. Back when my debt-free journey was my life's focus, I learned that not everyone wanted to hear about it. I used to be that annoying family member that would send financial books to people and would be upset if they just collected dust at their houses. I would invite my family members to webinars because I thought they were interesting and I thought they would enjoy coming to classes that I taught. But truthfully, most of my family never came and I don't blame them because To be honest, in the beginning, I I took personal offense to it. I thought, well, how could they not see that paying down debt and working towards financial freedom is so awesome? And it took me a while to realize that while I was ready to face my finances head on, it didn't mean that my family was. And now I realize, looking back, that I was probably more annoying than helpful. And one of the hardest things that came through my financial journey and trying to navigate what it was like to uh, teach others in my family was that I didn't know how to have conversations about retirement and estate planning with them. And you know what? Nobody wants to talk about estate planning because that, that sucks. Like nobody wants to talk about when they're going to die, right? And it was really hard, but at the same time, there were some conversations about money that I needed to have with my parents, Now I know that instead of sharing everything I was doing, I should have been asking them questions about their own lives. So, for example, you know, what do you have saved for retirement and what do you want to happen when you retire? Do you have any debts and are you planning to pay them down? And is there any way that I can help you? If there's a medical emergency, how do you want each of the children to take care of you and what do you expect our roles to be? We don't want to talk about it, but If something were to happen to you, what do you want to happen with all of the things that you own? These are the questions I wanted to ask my parents for so long, but I was too afraid to ask. And as my husband and I were getting our finances in order and paying down our debts and starting to accumulate wealth, it became glaringly obvious that we had zero idea what our parents' finances looked like. I don't know if any of y'all have gone through this, but... Have you ever stopped to think, like, if something were to happen to your family, do you know what they would have wanted? So for me, it created a lot of anxiety, especially because I knew that in Filipino culture, it is implicitly expected that you take care of your parents no matter what your financial situation looks like. And so I kept asking myself these questions. Were they expecting us to pay for their retirement? Were they expecting us to pay for medical bills? How long would that be for? How are we going to be able to juggle, you know, all of those things along with my own student loan debt, my own mortgage, my own bill, my own retiring? Like it felt so crazy overwhelming. So instead of bringing up the conversations, we avoided it for many years. And unfortunately, when my father passed away, we were left with many unknowns. Now you might be asking, and this is a little bit of a sad episode, but there is a, there is some silver lining here. I want, for those of you who still have time to have these conversations, I want to help you navigate these going forward and not have some of the mistakes that I made. And so what can you do to help your parents financially when there is especially friction of cultural and generational differences? They say that hindsight is twenty twenty, And so these are some of the suggestions that I'm working on implementing in my own life going forward that I hope can help you. So number one, Don't underestimate the emotional support our parents might need around their retirements. And I don't take this lightly. And I often repeat the phrase that personal finance is personal, and yet I forgot that applies to our own parents. They are human beings too, after all. And often their personal money journey has elements of fear and shame and guilt that they might not want to expose to us as their kids. Now, Not wanting to talk about money might be less about us and more about protecting ourselves from embarrassment at times, and I often forget that still that applies to our parents too. And sometimes it might not be about money at all, but the other decisions that money questions bring up. So for the last few years, I kept asking my mother-in-law why she hasn't retired yet and why my father-in-law was always getting caught up in another entrepreneurial idea or money-making hustle when they are both in their 60s. And two things came up that were totally unexpected. Number one, they weren't sure that they had enough money to retire at all, despite having a financial planner. And the the thing that really surprised me was that my mother-in-law said she didn't know what she would do if she were to retire. She was so busy working hard for so many years that the idea of not working was actually more scary to her than exciting. And so since my husband and I now have a better understanding of what his parents are worried about. We try to have more regular conversations with them, encouraging them to explore what retirement life could look like and planning more time to spend with them than we have before. So recently we asked them to come to Asheville and just hang out with us and explore things that they haven't explored before and finding that maybe there are some new interests that they have that they haven't had a chance to because they were working hard for so long. Remember when I asked you about $10,000 and if you're interested in winning that? Well, Steadily is recognizing and rewarding landlords for the ways, both big and small, that they contribute to their communities and fostering connections between landlords. Now, the past several years have presented rental property owners with many unprecedented situations and challenged landlords to adapt and rethink their business in new and innovative ways. And so Steadily is recognizing and celebrating the strength of this community and highlighting positive stories of the big and small ways that landlords contribute positively to our lives. So if you are a landlord, would you like to win $10,000? You can do so by entering Steadily's hashtag America's Best Landlord Contest, and it's easy. You simply go on Instagram, you follow Steadily Insure and BiggerPockets, then you post an image or a video to your Instagram feed sharing what you think makes a great grand landlord. And then you just include hashtag# America's Best Landlord in your caption and tag Steadily and share and bigger pockets in your post. Now this contest is going through October 31st and I really hope that one of our Crush Your Money Goals listeners wins. So go ahead and apply and tell us what your story is. Now, number two, and in terms of suggestions that I have for you that I wish I had done better is to share what you're learning about money by walking the walk and not just talking the talk. So my husband and I, we just, we stopped trying to convince our parents and siblings to follow the path we were following because everyone's path is different and it should be. So instead of sharing all of our financial journey by just talking about it and sending books and trying to convince them to come to webinars, we decided that instead we're just going to do our own thing and model the financial choices that work for us. And yes, there were times where we had to diplomatically decline outings and vacations and we even withstood some mild teasing from our family about being cheap while we were paying down debt. But in short, we just started to learn to mind our own business, and eventually that tactic opened the door to the conversation we wanted to have all along. So when I paid off my $72,000 of student loans less than a year after graduation, and then we were able to pay off our mortgage in six years instead of 30 years, and then I was able to quit my full-time corporate job to pursue a business venture People started to notice. People started to notice. And they started asking us how we were going to be able to do all these different things and how we were able to go on these trips that we used to forego. And it was only when they asked us about how we prioritized paying down our debt that our family learned that saving money was something that was really interesting to us but actually had long-term effects on it. And so after hearing how much less stressed we were and how we were years ahead of our retirement plan, interestingly, my father started clipping articles from magazines about money and sending them to me in the mail, which I thought was just the cutest thing. It showed me that he had been looking out for other ideas and when he read things in a magazine or newspaper, he would send it to me and say, I thought of you. I thought of, you know, that thing that you told me. And to my surprise, my in-laws decided to accelerate their mortgage payments and they paid off their house a year after we had paid off ours and that freed up their ability to actually, in fact, retire and my, and my mother-in-law retired last year. Now, this one is uh, not a fun one, but Number three is to have your own estate plan, no matter how healthy or how wealthy or unwealthy you are. 60% of Americans lack a will or a proper estate plan. And according to many surveys, millennials have a higher rate of 78% not having any of those things in place for if something were to happen. Now, my husband and I, we actually review our will and our estate plan once a year, even though we're totally healthy right now and we don't have any kids of our own. And interestingly, I I this is going to sound weird, but I find reviewing our estate plan each year a really healing way to have peace in my finances. It's an annual reminder to review all of our insurances, all of our assets, and all the relationships that really matter to us and I don't know if any of you have experienced this before, but some relationships evolve with your family and your friends and you wanna make sure that those relationships are really reflected in your plans if something were to happen to you. And it's one of the best ways that I know that we can give our parents and our family peace to know that we have been thoughtful in the contingency plan for a wealth without having to burden others with those tough decisions. And for me personally, After having gone through my father's um, passing away and not having an estate plan, for any of you who have family that you care about or friends that you care about, one of the best things that you can do for your family and friends is to lay out exactly what you would have wanted so that they can just process and heal. The last thing I want to remind you is to have the tough estate planning conversations now for more peace of mind. As an unexpected side effect, putting this important documentation together for myself gave me confidence to have that scary conversation with my own parents. My parents didn't want to put anything into writing, and so I can't say the conversation was successful, but it at least led to some clarity in their expectations. One of the most important points of clarity was that I told them that I didn't expect or want any sort of inheritance. This led them to allocate their assets differently than if we had not had that conversation at all. They also expected that I would financially support other family members besides them, and we discussed how they could do that now instead. We were fortunate in the case of my in-laws that they let my husband and his two brothers know about the documentation in place and had a family conversation about it with them and the spouses, including myself. It was awkward and it was hella uncomfortable, but in hindsight, I was so incredibly grateful for it. There was a sense of peace that the three brothers would not have to figure it out on their own when the time came. And it also gave us, as a whole family, spouses and all, an opportunity to clarify what to expect and how we could best respect their wishes, including some Filipino traditions we had not known about before. Now remember that pursuing financial independence will ultimately help create more generational wealth. One of the critiques I often hear about the FIRE movement, Financial Independence Retire Early, is that it seems a bit selfish. People think that fire diehards focus only on their own finances, squirreling away every penny that they can have for themselves. And that approach just doesn't add up for many of my students who are first generation Americans. They feel the pressures of the sandwich generation to financially support aging parents, their own children, and their own money goals all at once. In particular, I meet a ton of other women of color who feel guilty for not meeting all those collectivist cultural expectations. At the beginning of my journey, the best I could offer my family was to pay for groceries or a few medical expenses here and there. Since then, my husband and I have been able to pay for a family vacation, to cover unexpected expenses when my father passed away, and to offer our parents a home to live in none of which would have been possible if we were still heavily in debt and not focused on our own financial freedom. But I often have to remind myself, as well as my students and to you, my listeners, that we cannot put on someone else's oxygen mask without putting ours on first. So please, give yourself some grace that if you're on your own financial journey and can't afford to help as much as you would like right now, that is okay. For me, that meant pursuing debt freedom, and subsequently reaching my first fire goals faster than most people expected so that now I would have the time and the resources to help in ways that feel meaningful to me. I hope you stay tuned for the next episode where I share three pieces of advice that I went against in order to build a six-figure business from scratch during the pandemic and to continue my financial freedom goals. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. Please be sure to leave me a review and let me know what you learned. And for daily money tips, follow me on Instagram at Bernadette Joy. But if you're ready to plan your escape to financial independence with me as your personal finance millionaire coach, head to my website at crushyourmoneygoals.com. See you next time.